morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from the top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got the italian stallion mr johnny crypto gonzo the ceo oh sorry and Selman G, the CEO of Collecti Labs. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today in Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how payment giant Visa may secretly be working alongside Ripple. With four partner companies in common, we show our listeners how the real technology is yet to be utilized. The Bank of England is launching a central bank digital currency by 2025, limiting citizen savings accounts to only $10,000. At ChatGPT is making some bold predictions for the cryptocurrency market, telling the world how HBAR is becoming essential. Jeremy Hogan told his 250,000 Twitter followers an XRP ruling could be coming in the next 45 days. And with the crypto bear market in full effect, our friend Mark Yusko breaks down the details, explaining how this transformation only takes place once in a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, I'm going straight to you because I didn't like Johnny Crypto's shirt, so I had to kick him off the show. But how are you feeling this morning, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling good, man. I wish I was the CEO. I think you're putting that out into the universe. So uh, you you guys heard it here first. I'm going to become the CEO of a company. So uh, thanks after putting that in the universe. But I'm doing good, man. It's been a I, I kind of, I've already been up since like three o'clock in the morning, kind of doing some trades, looking at the charts. So it, I think it's going to be a great show and it's going to be a great week. Awesome guys. And we got Selman G, the real CEO of Collecti Labs is joining us today. Always happy to have you, my friend. How you feeling? Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. Uh, great news updates. As always, the chat is on fire and I'm super happy. Johnny Crypto left. What's going on? Gary Gansler in the house. So I'm um, very excited for this. So let's start the show. Gary, let me tell you guys, Gary is stalking me, man. Every time <clears throat> I'm in a chat, either Sin City Crypto or around the blockchain, like Gary's always there stalking me, following me around. Awesome, guys. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is at 856 this morning, sitting in moderate greed. When we check out some of the daily movers, we've got some massive green candles for our listeners. Today, we've got GRT up almost 40% on the day. AGIX is up 29%. FET is up 25%. But let's check out the total coin market cap. This morning, we are sitting at 1.06 trillion in total coin market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 41% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at 22,900, Ethereum 1600, XRP is 39 cents, Cardano is 38 cents, Polygon is 123, Chainlink is just below $7 and one of our favorites Quant Network trading at 137. I just saw we got our man Johnny Crypto back. Johnny, I made a joke that you had to change your shirt, that's why I kicked you off the stream, but first of all, how you feeling? Thank you for being here. Well, first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. Computer locked up. It's been giving me a hard time, so hopefully that won't happen throughout the show. But it's great to be here. It looks like there's a big run on AI coins, huh? Big run going on this yep. week. I guess that's a segment that's popping. So uh, 
Make sure that you don't don't FOMO in, folks. This is the wrong time to FOMO into the AIs. It's a little late for that show. But, yeah, I'm feeling great. Can't wait to get started, buddy. Can't wait to hop into it. Awesome, guys. And we're going to start this show a little differently. We are not starting with a tweet. Instead, we are going straight into our articles. But before we do that, we got 196 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are the top crypto research team on the planet. And today, we look forward to proving that. So BIS officials predict the crypto recurrency amid global CBDC expansion. Now, what's interesting is our good friend Johnny Crypto has been saying since day one in this market, crypto bad, CBDC good, and the BIS is sharing that same sentiment. The new head of the Bank of International Settlements Board has predicted the crypto industry will learn from its recent failures. They believe that the cryptocurrency market will emerge strongly from last year's turmoil. And despite the Ponzi scheme that the BIS has identified as Bitcoin, they believe that this market is set to recover. And one of the biggest reasons is that central banks around the world are getting ready to allocate up to 2% of their tier one capital into this market. So Johnny, we got some great news prepared. I thought we'd start here. What does this news mean to you, my friend? Uh, mute button, Roto. I think that's big news to see that, uh, you know, we, we all know the narrative, right? We all know that this is where we're headed. So what's interesting is any time there's support for crypto in the market, that's a good thing, you know, and we do, like you said, Abs, 2% of them willing to allocate 2% of their portfolio into crypto is, is a big, it's a big chunk of money. So we certainly want to see that happen. Uh, but, they, you know, these are the guys that were criticizing. I think they were calling Bitcoin and crypto a Ponzi scheme, right? So it's kind of like a flip. I think it's like a flip, right? Did we see a little flip of the switch here, a little hypocrisy? It'd be pretty interesting to see. I wouldn't go as far to call it a flip of the switch yet, but Gonzo, I want to get your thoughts on this. Within this article, they identify that 11 central bank currencies, digital currencies have already been launched with over 100 other countries around the world working towards that goal. Now that represents over 95% of global GDP. And many of those projects have significant milestones set for 2023. I'd also like to point out some of the countries that are currently working on a CBDC. We've got the United States, we've got China, the Federal Reserve, national banks of Australia, Britain, Brazil, India, South Korea, and Russia are all currently developing a central bank digital currency. We're going to talk about the XRP news later in the episode, guys, but we're starting here for a reason. Gonzo, what does it mean to you that we are seeing central bank digital currencies develop so quickly during this bear market? Well, that's when they usually do it, right? They usually build things in the bear market so they can roll them out. Um, and, you know, I'm not surprised. We talk about this all the time. Johnny says it all the time. You know, crypto bad, CBDC good, right? That's the narrative that they're going to start rolling out. Um, but, you know, it's a disruptive technology, so I, I'm not surprised that it's happening. So the only question is, are, you know, are we going to be able to invest in the rails uh, and make money, right? Because we're not going to be able to stop the CBDC thing, right? That's coming regardless. So the only thing we can do is set ourselves up in a better position so that so that we can make money off of it, right? And, and that's what we try to do with the show and with our community when we talk about the different rails because there's going to be different cbdc's built on different rails whether it's um ripple it's xlm ethereum algorand right they're all going to take their turn in, into building some type of cbdc and so hopefully that gives us an opportunity to invest 
Absolutely. And one of the most alarming aspects of a central bank digital currency, Selman, is the fact that they are trying to remove the ability to save your money. And we've got an update from the United Kingdoms that we're going to dive into later in the episode. But within this article, they break down how their central bank digital currency, you are not going to be able to hold more than $10,000. I think it's the start of a very dangerous rabbit hole. But anybody who doesn't know, Selman currently lives in Germany. And in Germany right now, any transactions over $10,000 are considered illegal if settled in cash. So maybe you can break down some details, someone, and then we'll continue with the show. Um, to be honest, I don't know if that laws already that if that was passed or if it's still in the making. But uh, um, it's it's you know interesting. We uh, brought it up multiple times that Germans love cash, and it's actually when it comes to digitalization, Germany is very far behind. But now you see that. Um, improvement the government is really forcing and especially after the um the the pandemic people really started to find alternatives they were forced to use digital money right like um, their credit cards because money is dirty and so that narrative has been used to um change the the basically behavior of germans and now sooner or later you see um what has been passed since uh january 1st if you're selling something on eBay or any other online marketplace, from now on, all of that, all of that is directly sent from eBay and all these online marketplaces directly sent to the German IRS. Um, so you don't even have to report. They will immediately say if Johnny Crypto sold something. Uh, and, and that is scary. So that shows you even if you want to sell your bi- bicycle or something, that shows that, okay, there is um, control. There is someone observing the big brother right and so it's going to be literally they're looking at every single penny you're making and that is very sad but it might make sense because they pump so much money taxes are gonna go crazy because there is inflation and they're they're stealing from people basically inflation is the hidden uh, robbery and unfortunately with these laws they will have you more under control Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest concerns we have in the market today. But this is a transformation that only takes place once in a lifetime. And Brad Garlinghouse is sharing his thoughts on why it is so important for Ripple to battle the SEC in order to get proper regulation. We got 274 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Later in the show, we are going to address how Visa and Ripple could secretly be working together. But we're going to start with this Brad Garlinghouse video. Here we go. It was literally four years ago this week that Bill Hinman, the Director of Corporate Finance at the United States Securities Exchange Commission, gave a speech saying that ETH was not a security. And by the way, let me be clear. I do not think ETH is a security. I don't think XRP is a security. Four years have gone by, and we still don't have clarity about how the SEC is going to say what is and is not a security. And worse, actually, now the SEC, the current chair, Gensler, is really walking back the statement around ETH and that he has been asked directly, is ETH a security? He won't answer the question. Like, how can we be competitive in the United States in an industry where the a primary regulator will not provide that clarity? So one of the reasons they are not answering questions, Johnny Crypto, is there's a few theories here, right? Number one is we currently have roads where cars are driving on it. And if you want to pull people over for whatever excuse, you don't put up a speed limit. That means you can pull somebody over for going 20 or you can pull somebody over for going 60. And that's exactly what's happening with the United States regulation. Every time a cryptocurrency project goes in and tries to be transparent with the SEC, they walk out those doors with a lawsuit. 
unless you are Ethereum. So one of the reasons that Gary Gensler does not want to criticize Ethereum, and there he is in the live chat right now, is because many of his friends not only hold and own Ethereum, they're part of what's called the Ethereum Alliance, which means not only are they paid and promoted to bring in new use cases to the network, but as the token goes up, they directly benefit. So there's the end of the mystery right there, Johnny Crypto. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Brad Garlinghouse clip. Well, I mean, the question, Brad asked the question, why Why aren't they bringing clarity? We know why, because they don't want us to innovate. They don't want us to be the leader in this technology. It's not going to happen. Powell came out and said, we will take a slow back seat to this and do this slow and get it right. That was his excuse to say, we're going to move slow. So, you know, if that's the case and we know the agenda is we're going to move slow, well, then no, they're not going to. Why would they regulate it? If they regulate, it, we're going to move fast. And that's not the agenda. You can see it. So at the end of the day, you know, Brad's a very smart guy. He just can't come out and say that. He knows what's going on. He, he, he knows exactly what's happening here. And that's why, what has he done? He's, he's gone out and played in the rest of the world. That's a smart thing to do. He's expanding Ripple anywhere and everywhere possible globally, except in the U.S. because everybody else is willing to wear. And that's, that's the right thing as a CEO to do. It's sad that, unfortunately, he can't get started here in the U.S., um, and now that Gary's even walking back Ethereum, that just goes to show you that he doesn't want to give any ammunition whatsoever to to this whole Ripple situation, right? Because if he starts coming out and saying that, and we know what the Hinman emails say, then two and two is going to put Gary in a really bad spot. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to let that happen. Absolutely, Gonzo. And I want to get some additional comments here because Brad Garlinghouse knows what's happening at the SEC. And he's even referenced that in tweets prior. I want to show our listeners this tweet. And this is from last year, but I think it's more relevant than ever. So this is a response from Brad Garlinghouse talking about how they received the Hinman emails and were shocked by what they found. The SEC wants you to think that it's about disclosure, transparency, and clarity. Brad Garlinghouse says, do not believe them. When the truth eventually comes out, the shamefulness of their behavior will shock you. And what's most interesting about this, Johnny Crypto, is that Elon Musk actually commented, no way. But Selman, I had Gonzo address this on the show yesterday. So very briefly, what do you think about this news that Brad Garlinghouse may know something we don't when it comes to the Hinman emails and that Elon Musk is clearly aware of the lawsuit going on between Ripple and the SEC? Now, we know um, Elon Musk you know, brought up the, the Fauci files, et cetera, right? So that was a huge hit. And, um, and, you know, there is a lot going on, especially when they see the Twitter chat, chats, et cetera. Elon has access to everything. Uh, and, and you see, he was also, he got sued as well by the SEC, you know, Tesla in the past. So he knows exactly how shady everything is. And so when, when Brad uh, talks about this kind of stuff, you know, he's being sarcastic. He exactly knows what's going on. And so, um, feels also what bread says and he definitely knows and we all know that bread is you know just uh, scratching the surface we, we know he can't say much as johnny said and so um it, it's it's interesting to see that um like we have to go through this in order to get clarity but um the 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 people will eventually find out like as johnny also has i've seen it also on t- twitter I don't think they're going to reveal all these him uh, emails and all of that. Um, it's going to be, you know, definitely um, like behind the scenes. They're back doors. They're going to uh, settle. They're going to um, uh, come up, come up with a story to tell people to get them, you know, uh, calm down again. But that's it. But that's it. But um, let's see what's going to happen next in this space. 
Thank you. And Johnny, I know you weren't on the show yesterday as well. So I'd love for you to address this article that we were just talking about. Brad Garlinghouse tweeted that we would be shocked by what the SEC is secretly doing behind the scenes and what Ripple has found within the Hinman documents. And Elon Musk actually took the time to respond. No way. And anybody who knows about Elon Musk knows that in 2018, he was sued by the SEC for trying to take Tesla public. After that lawsuit was resolved, Tesla had the most 20, the most profitable 24-month trading period of any stock to ever be on the United States stock market. So it's pretty optimistic mm-hmm. that we see Elon Musk publicly acknowledging Ripple here. Johnny, really quickly, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, what it means, well, well what it means, what I'd like to see, I'd like to see those he, those emails come out, Abs, but I don't, I don't think we'll see them come out until, my phone is muted, by the way. I don't think they'll come out until, um, until they're not needed anymore. In other words, you know, they'll come out when like Ripple's, you know, case is settled and Ripple's 10, 20 bucks and nobody's going to give a crap anymore. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. But in terms of knowing what's going on, I mean, Brad came out and said like, oh my God, if you saw these emails, you'd get it. So I'm sure there's smoking gun evidence in the emails. I, I just don't know what the hell is taking so long other than the, I mean, if you, if you just think about it logically, the case should already be way over, right? And the fact that it's not just tells you that, you know, this whole thing is scripted and we're just going to have to wait until, you know, the script says it's going to end abs. And when it does, then we'll finally see the outcome. Um, and, it'll, you know, I would imagine if it's not in favor of Ripple, that's going to be very, very interesting uh, how this thing is going to play out then. But you did say it correctly. Not only did um, Tesla take off, but Amazon got sued, Microsoft got sued by the SEC, and they all had monster bull runs after those cases were over. So that's the hope here for XRP is that once this monkey is off its back, it's going to be able to finally what we call do price discovery and see where it really should be. Cause it's sad that during the whole bull run in 2021, we never got to see the true potential of XRP because of the fact that it was, it had the sec case on its back. Johnny, we're about to kick it to Gonzo right here, but you brought up something important, which is that you do believe we are going to see the emails at some point, even if it's after the resolution of the lawsuit. And you also brought up something else, which is that even if they lose this lawsuit and we get a similar circumstance to what happened in the library case, that token went from 10 cents to 30 cents within a single day after the lawsuit. And I think we could see something similar. Now, I don't believe we'll see XRP go to all-time high, but I could see us definitely breaking $1, which would be very exciting. So really quickly, do you believe if we end up seeing the Hinman emails even after the fact, it could affect the way the SEC is actually allowed to regulate all markets because of the corruption that's going to be exposed? Not if the judge doesn't come out and say that any secondary trading is not considered the security that has to be said. If that isn't said, that's the only reason why the library thing, that's what triggered the library was the, was the judge saying that, right? So that also would need to be said in the ripple case. Now, the interesting thing is that's all Brad wants. And all he wants is the sec to come out and say, Hey, I'll pay you a fine. Now you just say all secondary sales are not a security and we're good to go. And they won't do it. So if they won't do it, then the question is, you know, is the judge going to do it later? I don't know, Abs. But if the judge does say that, you're right. It doesn't even matter the output of the case if the judge says that. Says that. But if they lose the case, I don't think the judge is going to say that. We're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a very interesting thing. Gonzo, before you give your two cents here, something very interesting is that Bank of America has already stated they look forward to leveraging RippleNet once this lawsuit with the SEC is over. And we got a very interesting update from Jeremy Hogan last night that said this lawsuit, when do you believe the end of of the XRP case will take place? 
Jeremy Hogan says that's about 45 days away, at least until we get a ruling on whether XRP was registered and sold as a security or not. And guys, I'm getting goosebumps because I've been in this market for over three years. And I remember when everybody was talking about how Ripple was going to IPO before the lawsuit. That's a narrative that's fallen into the background. And I believe after the SEC lawsuit, one of the biggest narratives around Ripple is going to be when are they IPOing on the U.S. stock market? But Gonzo, I want to get some of your thoughts here. What do you think about Jeremy Hogan stating we're only 45 days away from some sort of a ruling in the XRP lawsuit? I mean, he's, you know, better connected than I am. He's an attorney, so maybe he knows better. I, I don't like to put dates on it because what happens when we put dates and then, you know, there's a big hype leading up to it and then we get to the date and then nothing happens. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'll we'll get some type of resolution this year, whether that's a settlement or they win or we get a decision that from the judge that it has to go to a jury and then we know where we're going to go. I think we're going to get an answer this year, right, in the next few months about how the case continues, whether it resolves or it goes to some type of jury trial. And but some, like what you guys, go ahead. I was going to say in some, and we actually got some news from Brad Garlinghouse as well, stating that by June 30th, he said he's willing to bet we get some sort of a resolution on this lawsuit. So whether it's 45 days or it's three months away, we're getting very close to the end of this thing. And Gonzo, I think that's why Brad Garlinghouse thinks it's so important for us to fight against bad regulation. But we got 335 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Salman. Yeah, I just want to add something here. So in case people are wondering, 45 days means March, right? Basically, th on a Thursday. <laughs> so in March, we could see some some kind of um, update, which is great. So I hope so. Um, or if, you know, the banks and some, some uh, institutions believe there is going to be a summer rally. And uh, what if it happens during that summer rally? So that Brad, Brad is right in this case, and it happens like before June. And then all of a sudden, because there's hype in the markets, all of a sudden we see um, like a crazy uh, run for XRP short term would be amazing. Yes, Yo, by, the way, by the way, I've, I saw you had uh, someone had asked the question, you know, boy, I wish I could rip it, re invest in Ripple pre-IPO. You actually can. Uh, there's a link below on our show here. You can click on that for a link to if you're an accredited investor, you have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to make over 200 or 250 grand a year or have a million dollars. But you can if you do, you can invest in Ripple. And it's not a probably a bad idea, especially, you know, with this thing long term. Anyway, I think it's probably, again, not financial advice, not financial advice, but probably not a bad place to own some of the company. Because, uh, again, Ripple and XRP are not the same thing. If you own one, you don't own the other. Absolutely, Johnny. And I think one of the best reasons for Ripple having such a profitable IPO is because they're currently sitting on an escrow with over 50 billion XRP, or I believe it's 47 billion XRP. And that in and of itself, if you believe in the utility of the token, you believe they're sitting on a multi-trillion dollar escrow. We got 339 live listeners joining us on this Tuesday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You're going to enjoy this video of Johnny Crypto's good friend, Mark Yusko, explaining how everything is going to be a token. Here we go adoption of technology, this evolution, it's not a revolution, it's an evolution of technology that everything of value will be a token on a blockchain. Not a coin, not a thing. It's literally a line item on a public ledger. Everything of value will be that. And every transaction of value will happen in digital assets. Yep. 
Without all of which so really, before I play the remainder of this, of this clip, Johnny, I got to get your comment, and I want to kick it to Gonzo as well. We've had Mark Yusko on the show several times, and we've been on the hot seat in a manner, of course. When it comes to XRP and the adoption that we've all witnessed, it seems that his growing – he started off as just a Bitcoin guy. He slowly turned into an Ethereum guy. Now I just think he's a general crypto investor, and that's exciting for me to see because Mark Yusko is one of the most profitable original investors in America. I believe he has the largest donation ever given to Notre Dame, over $40 million he donated. So a guy like this coming out and promoting the tokenization of everything, it tells me it's already underway. But Johnny, I'd love to get some quick thoughts from you, and then we'll kick it to Gonzo. What do you think about Mark Yusko's statements? Oh, first of all, I think we should say this and play it again on Friday because, guys, Mark Yusko will be here on Friday. Great point. Great point, Johnny. (laughs) Mark your calendars. That's number one. Number two, I don't think Yusko was always just a Bitcoin uh, maximalist. He actually mentioned on our show here that they had invested in three different types of investments one was bitcoin but the other was actually cryptocurrencies in general so he has been a cryptocurrency advocate he just hasn't been for ripple because it was more than 50 percent owned and that's fine um but i i think that he's absolutely right the whole point you always hear everybody talk about cryptocurrency helps you unlock the value of the internet or unlock the value of web 3.0 that's exactly what's going to happen Anything that has any value at all will be tokenized, as he just said, and it will be captured and it will be captured. You know, blockchains are going to dominate the tokenization. That's why they call it, you know, you, you always hear a word total value locked. And there's a lot of different value. And the whole point of it is using Web 3.0 to unlock the value of everything. So we're going to see that happening in, in, as blockchains come to fruition. Ronzo, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Mar- on Friday, we are going to have Mark Yusko joining the show, so we will have to ask him some XRP questions. But I know that he's very open-minded, so it's exciting to see him say the tokenization of everything is not only essential, it's already underway. And I know this man's a rat snake weasel, but Kevin O'Leary has, shamed the ex- has shared the exact same sentiment, stating that cryptocurrency is going to become the 12th sector of the economy. Mark Yusko seems to agree. What's it mean to you? Yeah, you guys, I won't be here Friday, but you guys will have to ask him like when he – because yeah, I, you know, we believe the same thing that that's the future of the tokenization of assets is which blockchain he believes that's going to be on, right? Because a lot of us believe that it's going to be on the XRPL, right? With carbon credits, that's going to be a huge narrative going to the future. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear from him if he believes that's going to be Ethereum, if it's going to be one of the other layer ones, like where, or it's going to be multiple ones. So you guys will have to make sure to ask him. But yeah, he's absolutely correct, right? Um, you know, when they, when they when you hear people talk about the tokenizing things you know you can tokenize anything like i said carbon credits is going to be a big one but the reason why you can it's going to be important is because it's a way of verifying right through the smart contract it's a way of of verifying it and that's the big thing with like carbon credits is they there's no way to really verify the information um because the carbon credits is kind of you're kind of doing one thing to kind of reduce your carbon emissions by doing something else. So it's not very verifiable. So once it gets tokenized, it'll be a way that can be judged and kind of verified, right? And then, uh, you know, when they talk about tokenizing the stock market, right? Which blockchain is that gonna happen? A lot of people think it's gonna be on Ethereum, right? Ethereum still needs to be able to go through its upgrades, right? And be able to shard uh, for it to do anything like that. But, uh, you know, that's gonna be interesting. You know, which blockchain is it gonna be or is it going to be multiple blockchains? And so another important thing is 
Um, and I'm going to show you this just for you guys to visualize this. These are, for example, the ex-royalty NFTs, right? And it's in very easy. He said it's not going to be a coin or something. It's just a line on a public ledger, literally on XRP scan, which is pretty much the place where you can go and, and track all transactions. Everything is decent on a decentralized, you know, blockchain, public ledger. And you see the NFT IDs, each and every picture the JPEGs you see um, are attached to that NFT ID, right? And so that is exactly what uh, Yasko is talking about. And in the future, every single stock, every single real estate, all of them will have an ID for themselves on the ledger. And you can track everything. If Apps is moving something from you know his wallet to his mother's wallet, for example, you can track and see everything it's going to be publicly available and that makes it super transparent but also of course a little scary if everybody can see what you're doing so um you know we're at the early stage of course um there is going to be more and more updates and i'm also thinking like maybe instead of thinking of what is going to be the one and only blockchain for carbon credits i kind of feel like they're going to use more there are going to be institutions working with hbar work and then some governments some countries will work with or partner with XRPL and um, some will stick with uh, Ethereum. So I feel like there is going to be also decentralization within like among these blockchains. So um, and in a nice um, uh, variety. And um, so because keep in mind when all of them together join uh, this space, like imagine every transaction is just on one ledger. We don't have uh, that amount of volume stress testing uh, we haven't done that before, so uh, probably we're going to see, you know, XRPL also struggling for a moment, Ethereum struggling, because um, imagine what we're experiencing right now. That's like that's just like a, like one percent, two percent of the whole transactions in the uh, in the world, and um, that amount of stress test. I believe it's going to take time. We need more developers and more nodes. Maybe the technology has to be improved as well. This is why I believe, you know, uh, they're either going to uh, improve the blockchain or they're uh, going to improve or what they're going to do is they're going to go for different public ledgers so xrpl solana this and that just to you know make sure uh, there is no crazy amount of high volume and unexpected uh, uh, down times etc so we'll see Thank you, Salman. And this is a very interesting update here. Gonzo, I want to kick it to you first. The Bank of England has confirmed a launch of a central bank digital currency by 2025. And their chief advisor said the CBDC would be new, trusted, and accessible way to pay. But they're not looking to replace fiat currency. They're just looking to enhance it. Interestingly enough, that update comes one day after one of the lead advisors for Ripple, Cindy Young, made a reference to the Bank of England saying, I would like to say we're friends. We're working very, very closely with central banks and government regulators on developing central bank digital currencies. And interestingly enough, RippleNet also secured partnerships with the Central Bank of Bhutan and Palu, currently working on CBDCs. I do not think it's a leap to talk about Ripple building a CBDC for the UK. Here's a primary example I want to show our listeners. Within this document that the Bank of England released, Ripple was only referenced twice, but one of the most important sections that it was referenced was in the cross-border synchronization section, a joint project with Ripple demonstrating a synchronized FX transactions in two different simultaneous systems. What's interesting is they're talking about the ability to create instant settlement within our current financial system, and Ripple would play an essential role. Now, Gonzo, I want to start with you, and then we'll kick it to Johnny Crypto. How do you feel about Ripple being referenced within the Bank of America's uh, CBDC document? 
as well as just yesterday, Cindy Young calling Bank of America, or sorry, Bank of England, a good friend. You know, I don't know much about the article abs, but um, I'm not surprised. I can tell you that. Like, we already know that Ripple has been working with uh, Palu and Bhutan to build their CBDC. You know, we've got news uh, about other countries that are working with Ripple. And so I think it's just the evolution of where they're going, right? And again, we're not saying that CBDCs are a good thing, but they're inevitable. And this is just the the evidence of that, right? And, and But like Selman said earlier, we were talking about, I think you're going to have multiple um, of these blockchains are going to build CBDCs. But um, I, I think that Ripple is going to be front and center, especially when we get resolution with the SEC case, right? Because I've said this before, when you look at the crypto market, right? Or the asset class, until we Congress gets their shit together and we get regulation through them, right? It's just what the SEC is doing now. And so the only two that have clarity will be one Bitcoin because it's already been determined to be a commodity and Ripple will be the other one or XRP will be the other one, right? Um, and so I think that's where we're going. Johnny, I know you got some thoughts here, so I'm going to give it the open floor. But what sticks out to me is this is the first time. I want to remind our listeners, this is the first time in the history of a CBDC that we've had not only the UK come out and acknowledge it's going to be launched, they're, not, they're acknowledging we're only 24 months away. The nearest timeline we've seen previously for essential bank digital currency was 2026. They've moved it up 12 months. Now we're seeing the connections with Ripple. Johnny, open floor. What's it mean to you? Very, very significant to me. If we got the Bank of England saying, you're saying this came from the Bank of England, yep. referencing Ripple and, and saying here that they ran, a, I mean, the way I'm interpreting is they actually ran a project um, in these simulations and two different simulations and found that Ripple was the way to do it. So, I mean, that is very, very encouraging because because Gonzo said something earlier in the show that's important that I'm not sure if people caught up on, but he said, will they let us invest in the rails of the CBDCs. That's the question to me that is the $64,000 question that nobody has the answer to. I think going into this a few years ago, we all thought, oh yeah, sure, it'll be something. The reality is no, a lot of these may be private blockchains that we can't have, a, you can't you can't invest in the Ankh system, which is the JP Morgan coin, right? So that is the real question. So for me, this is encouraging because if the Bank of England does, you know, I should say if, we know they're launching CBDC, when they launch it, if they use, you know, the, the the Ripple system, RippleNet on it, that to me would be extremely significant because that's going to then potentially, potentially, not not definitely, but potentially, draw an XRP for the ODL if they choose to use the XRP as the liquidity settlement coin. So for me, that can become extremely significant. But these are the kinds of things we have to be keeping an eye out on, listening for these stories, what watching and seeing this system be built out. In that fashion. So for me, very, 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 very encouraging. I love to see that. And I want to see more of that. It's exactly what I want to say. It'd be great to see the, the bank, you know, the Bank of America start talking about that too. And other banks in America. But right now, Bank of England, I'll take it. Here's what's interesting, Selman, or at least interesting to me. Cindy Young said that this, the start of this year has been the best year ever for RippleNet as it doubled its transactions from 2021 and a payment volume rate of over 10 billion transactions. That is freaking massive, but it's only a drop in the bucket is when you look at where we're going. To close us out, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Ripple was acknowledged within the Bank of England's document on a CBDC, and we also know that Ripple is part of the Digital Pound Foundation in developing a central bank digital currency for UK. There was an interesting tweet I found uh, this morning as well. While you're speaking, I'd love to show our listeners this. 
BlockWorks found the top crypto hubs in the world. And what was number one on this list? London, of the UK. So more connections between Ripple and the United Kingdoms here. But Selman, I'd love to hear what it means to you. How do you feel about this update and Bank of England referencing Ripple in the CBDC document? So the UK, um, obviously, you know, they want to become more crypto friendly, right? And um, just like UAE and um, like... I'm not surprised that it's like in the top three, uh, but New York City, that's that's interesting. Why 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 that is, you know, the uh, top three interesting. But um, so Brad Gowling also said after the SEC case started, um, they got actually more and more um, partnerships with uh, with countries abroad. Right. So with institutions abroad. And so for them, it was like 2021 and 2022 were fantastic. And they were hiring also, you know, you wouldn't hire if uh, you were financially struggling and there is no business to do. And now in 2023, we, we all know, we agree on this, that in a bear market, you want to build and you see all these different countries slowly coming in and ripple also being present in the, uh, at the world economic forum last month, that is all just signs of, okay, there is a shift happening. We know what World Economic Forum talked about, all the different topics they addressed, not just financial topics, but like other scary topics as well. But we know the agenda. We know that um, there is, they're letting you now know about all of that. So you're not surprised when it hits you because, uh, you know, they are programming your subconscious mind. And then what happens is, oh, all of a sudden we change the digital money and all of that and Ripple is connected to all of them and i believe i truly believe ripple is going to be the like the um the foundation the the, it it will build the foundation for for all these um um transactions etc and um this is why uh like you see all these partnerships and i'm pretty sure we're going to see way more uh we're going to hear more about uh, partnerships this year um this is why you know i'm not surprised about this and uh, especially after the world economic forum i believe it's going to be even accelerated that process within the next few months we're going to see lots and lots more updates coming thank you selman and we got 353 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button and check out this latest update on the FTX collapse, as our good friend Alex Cobb shared a list of all the politicians who accepted donations from FTX, there was over 196 U.S. politicians. And as you can tell, a lot of them were Democratic because uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to the Democratic campaign. And there are Republicans on this list, but I would say it's extremely blue when I look at the overall line here. And Johnny, we addressed this on the show yesterday, but FTX is actually calling for the funds to be returned from U.S. politicians. They're asking that they return these funds by February 28th, 2023. And some of the most notable candidates on this list were Joe Biden actually received $5.2 million from FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, yesterday we addressed this article and I said, I believe a lot of them will return funds. But now after reading about it yesterday, I don't think that's the case for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is stolen money. This isn't a, a political donation straight out of Sam Bankman-Fried's pocket. This is stolen funds that they went and donated to politicians Now they were caught red-handed and they're asking for that money back. What do you believe we see by February 28th, Johnny? Will we see a return of funds? I'd love to debate. Well, I mean, that's a very interesting thing because at the end of the day, this money was probably already spent. If you donate money to somebody's campaign and they're using it, they're probably spending the money. So first of all, do they even have, do the campaigns even have the money? Uh, That's number one. Number two, the deeds were done. You know, the favor was paid. So you return the money. If they wanted them to vote on something or do something, that probably has already been done. So it's kind of, it's really kind of weird to, to expect them to give the money back. 
I, I mean, there will probably be some politicians that if they've got extra money in their campaign funds and they don't want to be tied to this, if I were them, I would be giving it back. In fact, I think I did hear some said they were giving it back before this request even came out. Those are the ones that, you know, that obviously don't want to be associated with it. So I, I don't know if they're going to get the money back or not, Abs. But the reality is the deed has been done. And more importantly, now you know who the rat snake weasels are, all, all 197 of them. So at the end of the day, you know, um, it doesn't matter to me. What matters more to me is to be able to see who they were. That's what I want to know. Now we know who they are, and now we slap them on the rat snake weasel list, and we keep an eye on them. Gonzo, I got to get your comments here as well. But what I do find interesting within this article is they're charging interest to the U.S. politicians on this debt. Actually, this is not a donation. This is now turned into debt. So really quickly, I don't want to spend too much time on Sam Bankman-Fried, but what does it mean to you and the fact that they're asking politicians to return their donation? Uh, mute button, Gonzo. Sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. My, my screen froze there for a second. Can you hear me? I think you can. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like I said yesterday, you know, I hope they have that money because what's going to happen is it, you know, it could get nasty because it could, you know, they could start charging them interest. Um, and if it comes out that they were stolen funds and they should go back and we've seen this before, right? We've seen the clawback thing before uh, in the Bertie Madoff case, right? There were several people that had been with him since the beginning and that were in it. They weren't in a negative. They weren't in that positive. They went after those people. And some of those people were just kind of like normal people. They had to get attorneys. They had to fight. Some of the people got bankrupt. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of crazy things that happened. So um, it just depends, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but I hope they have that money because just think about the negative publicity if the media gets a hold of it, right? Uh, if it comes out that you know he gave somebody a few million dollars, it was customer funds, and then that politician is refusing to give that money back, what that looks like, right? And so um, me personally, you know, I, I think they're going to give the money back if they can show them that, you know, it was customer funds. Uh, Johnny, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. We are switching gears back into our XRP content because earlier this week we had some drama. I was looking forward to addressing yesterday, but we're going to address it today. So David Schwartz tweeted out, I am taking XRP private at $420. Funding is already secured. And in small font underneath, he put this as a joke. What I think is interesting enough is just a couple of hours later, Elon Musk tweeted out 420, somewhat acknowledging what's happening here with David Schwartz. But that's not the most interesting part of this article, Johnny. So the most interesting part is this tweet from February of 2021, where Elon Musk tweeted out, Frodo was the underdog, all thought he was fail, himself most of all. There's one coin to rule them all. And at the top of this list, we have the XRP to Bitcoin pairing. I do not believe in coincidences, especially with a guy like Elon Musk. So really quickly address this news, Johnny. What do you think about Elon Musk acknowledging the SEC lawsuit and even putting XRP at the top of this list, one coin to rule them all? Well, yeah. Well, I guess I kind of look at it differently. If you look at it, the coin, the ring itself is actually Bitcoin. <laughs> that rules them all. And then there were 12, you know, there were the rings. There were, I think, 12 handed out. And so these are the 12 that are being ruled by Bitcoin. That's how I'm in. Ah, all right. I like that Johnny crypto. So I'm, yeah. So that's how it looks to me, to me, to be honest with you is, is it's, it's Bitcoin that rules them all. 
Uh, but none, which makes sense, right? That's the one you want. Guys, if Johnny Crypto's a maxi, throw a one in the chat. If you believe he's unbiased, throw a two in the chat. I think we got a new Bitcoin maximalist here because I believe Elon Musk is way too smart to say that Bitcoin is the coin to rule them all. But we can debate it later on. Look at look look at the logo on the ring on the one ring the room wants It's Bitcoin. So anyway, but, hey Johnny, you know what I see? I see on top it says XRP and Bitcoin. Mm. No, where? That's a pairing. So it says XRP to BTC. Pairing. They're all paired. There's like five of them paired with BTC. But you but only if see Elon is too smart, he's probably saying, hey, both will rule the world. Who knows? Well, we'll what is interesting is not using. Is I, I want to make sure like both parties here, Apps and Johnny, are happy with the results. Hey, Bitcoin is going to pump. XRP is also going to be a leader. Both. Hey, we're about truth, not just ignorance and happiness on this show, Selman. So feel free to give it to me straight. One of the things that sticks out right to me is that they're not using any dollar pairings here. They're only using Bitcoin and Ethereum pairings, Johnny. I think that could be another sign that we should take account of. But Gonzo, you haven't given your comments. So really briefly, give me your comments here. Elon Musk, one coin to rule them all. What do you believe he's referencing? You know, he loves the letter X. I said this yesterday so much that I'm surprised that he hasn't come out more publicly and talked about XRP or maybe even XLM just because he's so fascinated with the letter X, X.com, the original PayPal thing. There's a lot of connections to that. But um, I, I think there will be um, multiple blockchains that will rule them all. And that's why we have multiple bets. And that's why we always tell people don't fall into these narratives, right? Don't fall into these narratives, right? Uh, like me personally, I, you know, I, I'm going to have, I have Bitcoin, I have Ethereum, I have XRP, I have uh, XLM. There are multiple blockchains that I have and layer twos because we don't know in the end how it's going to play out. So I want to have multiple, like Johnny always says, most, multiple horses in the race. And in the end, we'll see who it plays out as it starts to kind of position itself. You can take those profits. And, and if we see that one starts winning more than the other, you just rotate them into that one, right? Uh, you know, regulation is going to tell us a lot because we already know we have way too many cryptos, right? There's like 22,000 cryptos total. And a lot of them are kind of scams. A lot of them don't have any type of utility. So we need those to just go away, right? Once they go away and that money gets focused, it'll go into those few projects. And for those of us that have been here early, like all of us here and in the chat, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be huge for us. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 347 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this article we have for you guys. As payment giant Visa may secretly be working with Ripple, we're going to try to connect some of the dots here. So Visa has acquired or partnered with four Ripple partners over the last few years. A popular Twitter account called 24 Hours Crypto has asserted that global payments giant Visa could secretly be working with Ripple. He showed that Visa had jumped into bed with at least four Ripple partners in the last few years, either in a partnership or a complete acquisition. Now, the Ripple partners include Earthport, D-Money, Currency Cloud, and Novanti. Notably, Visa acquired Earthport and, and Currency Cloud, and it entered partnerships with D-Money and Novanti. We can jump to our own conclusions here, Johnny, and I did want to show our listeners an interesting video. But actually, let's let this short clip play, and then we'll go to you, Johnny, because I think it's worth seeing. Currency Cloud. A year later, they partnered up with Ripple. So, ladies and gentlemen, from what we're seeing here, Ripple goes in, Visa acquires it. Why? Because it's the foundation. They're going to create revenue off of this. Folks, you already know where I'm going to go with this, right? Nobody tops ODL to improve Australian remittance payments to Southeast Asia. The 
Avadi launches new payment platform for purpose issued off Visa cards. I wonder though, Wilson. So we don't need to watch any further from there, but I do think it's very interesting. The connections are right in our face. And what do we always say, Johnny? It's not what you know, it's who you know. And who Visa knows is many of the same people as Ripple. So briefly, I'd love to get some of your comments. How do you feel about the connections? Is, is it safe to assume that someday Ripple could be leveraging at least some of the Ripple products? Well, you know, the part I don't understand is the um, the secrecy behind it. Like, if they wanted to work with Ripple, there's no there's there's no reason to have it secret. Like, oh, we got to go behind the scenes and do it. No, I mean, companies work with each other all the time, and there's no there doesn't have to be. I, I don't understand the secrecy behind it in this particular case, and why they'd have to tiptoe around. It's not like nobody doesn't know about Ripple and what they do. So that part is a little. When I think about it, that part doesn't make sense to me. But when I, when you add the pieces up and you look at you know that they've got got several partners and that Visa's working with several of them, that's a good sign nonetheless. But you know, if if you wanted to work with Ripple, why not go to them directly? So something's not adding up there to me. But I don't have all the facts, Ab, so I don't know, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. But nonetheless, still, again, I'm much happier seeing them working with partners uh, of Ripple than partners that aren't part of Ripple. So that still is a positive sign to me uh, when you look for the silver lining in the cloud. Fair play, Johnny Crypto. And I would like to ask the live chat this question as well. If my memory serves correct, I believe that Quant Networks is also a part or a partner of the Novanti Group. So there's an interesting connection there between Quant and Ripple and a third-party company. I'm going to yeah. dive into that in the background, but Gonzo, I'd love to hear what this means to you. We've got four companies either working with or acquisitions that Ripple and Visa currently have in common. What do you believe is safe to assume after learning that news? You know, you just have to be careful with the connections. It seems like it's very bullish. Like, And then when you read the article, the guy says when they looked at the Ripple customer page, um, it didn't show some of those companies. Now, it doesn't mean that they're still not partners, um, right? And so I think it all just comes down to your research uh, and then, you know, your investment thesis. And if and if you believe in XRP and Ripple and what they're building, like we all do, then you're going to continue to invest in them. But, I mean, just be careful with that, you know, because uh, a lot of times we make a lot of connections and just make sure that you kind of vet those connections out. But you know what? If they... If they um, not vibrate, but if they resonate with you, then 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 roll with it, right? Absolutely, Gonzo and Selman. I want to get your thoughts here as well. Visa is looking to build an Ethereum scaling solution, or they're currently working with Stellar and Ethereum. We just broke down some of the Ripple connections, but the most important part of this article is that Visa is making plans to create and bring stablecoin settlement to over 2.4 billion people on the planet. And the reason that's so important is it's going to make it very, very easy for traditional investors to enter this market. It's going to be seamless in order to transfer your fiat into cryptocurrency. And this is bridging the gap drastically. So I'm going to read a couple of quotes here. But before we do that, Selman, what does it mean to you, my friend? So I, I'm assuming they're going to go, uh, go with USDC and not with Tether. But um, Visa is, by the way, very crypto friendly, right? Um, and uh, there is going to be like massive updates coming. And so um, all I can say is, especially also what Johnny said, um, I believe these companies, you know, are not like doing anything in secret. They will co eventually come out and say, hey, we're partnering with Ripple. But the only thing is they don't want to overpromise, right? They want to build the foundation first. They want to make sure everything's working and then come out and say, hey, we, we uh, the product is ready uh, You get, um, and we're going to offer it to our clients. And so, um, and, and 
even the stablecoin crisis we've seen um, in the second quarter of last year um, suggests that we're going to see stablecoin regulation as well. And then Visa already in the game uh, building uh, the foundation. I believe after we see that regulation, uh, Visa is going to be one of the monopolies here pretty much um, and, and big partners of these stablecoins. And um, you're going to see how it's going to be more scalable way faster, cheaper, and um, giving clients the, the opportunity to use CBDC, stable coins, and many other crypto assets with your one single um, credit card. So this is going to be huge. Um, and we are witnessing the journey here. It's going to take um, maybe a couple years until we see that full product uh, ready, but it's coming and it's, uh, it's exciting. Thank you, Gonzo. And I want to kick it to you here. The settlements will enable $2.5 billion, or sorry, 2.5 billion customers around the world to easily convert crypto assets into fiat currencies directly on its platform. Visa's attention is now building upon the worldwide settlement of crypto and fiat currencies. And Visa put out this statement yesterday. So that's when one of our key areas where we want to build muscle memory. The same way that we convert dollars to euros in cross-border transactions, we should be able to complete the tokenization of digital dollars into traditional dollars through the same process. Visa's already confirmed it's testing the process of instant settlement, particularly on Ethereum and Stellar Network. So some pretty interesting connections here, Gonzo. I'd love to hear what it means to you. Visa's acknowledged Stellar publicly. We're drawing the connections that privately they could be using Ripple. Right. And then, I mean, and they could be using Ethereum too, right? Uh, but um, it's disruptive technology. And these guys have seen what happens uh, with stable coins, right? We've shown the statistic before where you could add all the settlements that have settled on MasterCard and Visa, and they don't add up if you add up USDT and USDC. So they're seeing that there, there's a need for this, right? That people are using stable coins. Um, and they're just trying to get ahead of it. Like there's rumors that we're going to get stablecoin regulation. That'll be the first kind of regulation that we get when we get regulation. So I feel like these guys are just positioning themselves before all that so they can get in early. Right. But, um, you know, USDC seems to be the chosen one right yeah. over USDT. You never hear the FUD that surrounds USDC. It's always USDT. Right. Every couple of years or every couple of months we get that USDT is going to collapse or some kind of FUD surrounding it. Um, so it does seem like USDC um, is the chosen one. So I'm not surprised that um, that Visa is trying to partner with them. And I think it's no surprise to find out that USDC is not only backed by Coinbase, they are backed by BlackRock. But guys, we got a very interesting update to close out this episode with. As ChatGPT's HBAR price predictions for the next five years, they should get the Hedera, the Hedera community out there very excited 2023, their price prediction is $3.20. 24 is $5.50. 2025 is $7.80. And in 2027, we're looking at a $13 HBAR, Johnny Crypto. Is this the investment opportunity of a lifetime or is ChatGPT just saying nonsense here? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, man, you know. There's no wrong answer. I don't, I think it's nonsense. You know what I mean? I, I just mean, think you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, so what is it based on? It was, ba you know, ChatGPT, I think, stopped in 2021. Um, so it doesn't even have a whole year of data for 2022, but I, I, again, who knows? You can have some fun with it. You know, just the way, uh, Swartz came out and said, he's, he's selling <laughs> or taking XRP pilot at 420. Everybody's having a private, everybody's having fun with different things. I, I don't, I take all this stuff with a grain of salt at the end of the day. 
We don't know. Nobody knows, Abs, what it's going to be. Not even ChatGPT. However, we'll check this in a few years, and we'll see. Save that screen, by the way, Abs. We'll find out in a few years. You know hey. what? You know, it's funny. What is that? 2020? You know what? 2023? Let's uh, let, let's save that screen. Let's come back every year and see how accurate that is. I'd really love to, to do hey, that. Hey, Johnny, too. but if this was a Simpson episode, you'd believe it, right? And I would believe it, because you know what? There's definitely truth between proven, and if there's one show that's been proven to predict the future, it's our. It's not even arguably that The Simpsons has been the most accurate. Um, I actually want to bring up here something. Veteran Crypto um, asked a cool question, actually. I don't get how ETH can or why anyone would want to use it with the gas fees. And, you know, um, Ethereum is, like, very hyped, right? Solana is very hyped, and everybody's – even JV talks about, like, stacking um, Ethereum. And um, – so it's actually very simple. Um, imagine you're a developer or you're a business owner. You want to start a business model on a certain blockchain. You would actually go for the blockchain where there is, you know, a lot going on. Imagine you want to start a business. You wouldn't start it in a small town, in a village. You would mm -hmm. go to New York City or these big, uh, you know, big uh, cities where, you know, there is volume. And among thousand people, at least one customer will come because um, that person's interested. Uh, instead, in a village, no one cares about your product. It's going to be way more difficult to market it, etc. And so, if you already have a platform with so many active users daily and so much money flow like flowing in, um, absolutely people will go for that. That that's like the very first business like strategic decision they're going to make. And so, if you see on the top list, it's Solana. And this is why I'm like, okay, the FUT news around Solana FTX, it's all gone now. So Solana might be more um, decentralized when if the VC money is going out, if that's true, perfect. And then it would be Ethereum right now, top two. And then the third one was, I don't want to lie, it's probably Avalanche. So XRPL is not even like in the top three, but that shows where developers, where businesses want to go to because consumers are there. And then sooner or later, you know, Polygon is top three, sorry. And then you see XRPL is not there yet. So what XRPL is doing now with the $250 million in um, creator fund, it is actually funding institutions and, and uh, cre um, creators to launch on their platform. That's perfect marketing. Polygon does it as well. So to attract more consumers, because you need consumers in order to, you know, get more institutions uh, adapting your technology. And this is interesting. Many investors don't think about that, but you need to look from a different perspective. And this is why Ethereum is going to be long term, a, per, like a, a beast. And this is why I, I personally believe no financial advice that, you know, stacking Ethereum isn't a bad idea. Thank you, Salman. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. But before we do that, we had a comment I wanted to address in the in the live chat. And it was talking about how Hedera was chosen by the Federal Reserve to create a settlement solution and specifically a digital cash infrastructure. This project is called Project New Dawn, and it's run by MTech, who's partnered with Hedera. So more bullish news for the Hedera community out there. There was one other thing I think I wanted to end this episode on. We have the end of this Mark Yusko clip. We're going to let this short clip play. Oh, sorry. Here's what it was. So this is interesting, Johnny Crypto. I wanted to get your opinion on this. Kathy Woods has been prominent when it comes to Bitcoin being adopted by central banks. And I think it's a good place to end 
end this episode as she is predicting we could see some ridiculous price targets for Bitcoin, specifically before the year 2030. So ARK Invest put out an investment model predicting the price for Bitcoin by the 2030 timeframe. The Bitcoin's low bar, the lowest price they are predicting is $258,000 by 2030. The median price would be $680,000. And the most bullish case scenario is just under $1.5 million per Bitcoin that current gain right there would put us at about a 6,300% gain for our current prices. We only got about 45 seconds here, Johnny Crypto, but I got to get your take. Kathy Wood stating Bitcoin could be a million and a half dollars by 2030. Would you be willing to take that bet? Well, I mean, scroll up for a second. I want to see the sources. You highlighted them. Their sources, she said that the money, no, scroll up a little bit higher where they would come from. there, right though. Okay. Corporate treasurer went and said. I mean, you know, if some of those things happen, it is possible, Abs, that, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to see a million and a half dollars. We talked about this when we did a, a GMC React Saturday night, right, where the reality is you could see Bitcoin going up if it was something that was adopted by the whole entire world to use. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's predictions all over the place. The, the reality is this. If Bitcoin is allowed to survive and we do move into a crypto world, I do believe Bitcoin will be used as more of what we call digital gold as a, as a, a store of value. And I do yeah. think because it's limited, you will see it drive up over a hundred grand. I don't know how much higher it's going to go, but I do believe it'll be six figures someday. Thank you so much, guys. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Selman. And thank you to Gonzo, also known as Super D. We got DZ from BitBoy Squad joining us tomorrow morning. And then Mark Yusko on Friday. We got 331 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you like me screaming over the music, Johnny's going to crank it up even louder. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>